Well, welcome back. We're in the middle of a great conversation with Nate and Katie Beth Huntley about how they are living scent lives. So let's dive back into that conversation. I think we've, we've, we hit it quite a bit. I, one of the things I wanted to pull out was I do think that the way in which you guys live sent with LifeWorks is really unique in, in the kind of coaching and helping people discover and uncover who they are. You know, when we think about missions, that's not often the thing right. that like pops into our head, but I do think it is so deeply integrated to this idea of living sent anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I think personal experience with that has been like the more I discover who I am and kind of how God yeah. has created and wired me to be, the easier it has been to live into the world mm-hmm. in a sense sort of way. And mm-hmm. when I have it and I'm just like, well, I, lo- I know how to share my faith and I know how to do this and I know how to like make a disciple and I know how to walk them through. Like, that's fine. I, that's how I used to think about being equipped to be sent. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I need to have a five minute testimony. I need to be able to know right. all of these things to kind of download. And then when I do that, I've checked the box on building a disciple and, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like robot Kyle. <laughs> yeah. And that it is, it's disconnected yeah. from who I am. It's yep. disconnected from who that person is mm-hmm. and hasn't given enough attention to kind of draw out. Um, and so I, I've downloaded something, I've checked the box, I've whatever, but it, you know, it, it has missed something. And so I, I think we've probably hit that enough, but that was similar where I was trying to get it with the identity yeah. stuff for you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So help us understand uh, a little bit of what this process looks like. I'm sure you have tons of stories and ways that you've done this uh, with people as you've coached and kind of walked beside them. But what does that self-discovery process look like for someone and how does that connect into into just how they take next steps into the world? Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of my favorite things that we get to say with each training is the person who has been impacted most through LifeWorks is me. Um, as the trainer, as the coach, because every single time we even stand in front of a group of people or sit with somebody going through it, we are also walking through each step of LifeWorks. Um, last year, I was able to go to Hong Kong with, um, with Nate and Steve, the creator of LifeWorks. And um, I had actually, it had been requested specifically that a female trainer come because the majority of the group who had walked through the previous year were women and having two male coaches, male trainers was a little bit um, difficult for them to fully relate and fully feel the freedom to share some things. And so um, that was even why I got to go. And, and as we were there, there were specific moments of realizing God had put me there in that exact moment for a couple specific women. Um, and so getting to walk through um, the story part of LifeWorks and, and as we were identifying and reframing these negative experiences, um, there was one specific day where there was a break and um, a couple women were really wrestling with some of their, um, their hurts. And um, one of them specifically was a mother wound. And while I wasn't older than this woman, I um, was able to go over to her and get embrace her as a mom and speak truth into her as she was just weeping and realizing that God wanted to heal this in her and that he had been there and that he wanted to, to yeah, just to heal and give her complete healing and comfort in that moment. And that was just so powerful to be able to see that because she works with young women. And she, um, 
she gets to help, especially this one specific group of in athletics um, of these young women who are not believers, but she's able to then move into this group, having been able to heal somewhat and start that healing process and, and lead them and be somewhat of a, a mother figure to them. So that was just hugely powerful. Um, and then also realizing with an, another group of, of mostly women that we were working with that week, um, I had only recently, within a few months before this trip, um, come to terms with some of what I had been wrestling with, um, some labels that had been put on me and, and some that I had um, assumed uh, about being a leader in, in the church and having pushed against that for many, many years because I felt like it was a negative thing um, for me and for my identity. And God had had me work through this just a couple months prior. And one evening we were, we were sharing with a group and I got to get up and share about how I had to release um, that, um, that struggle a little bit against where God had been calling me and who he had been, um, where he had been positioning me in ministry. And I had to fully embrace that and realize that God had already been using me as a leader for a few years, but also realize that that is part of who he has made me to be. And I was able to then call that out in the women in that group and, and mm -hmm. encourage them because it, especially in some Asian cultures, it's not a, a great thing for women to be a strong personality and to lead, um, in especially in spiritual ways. And so I was able to stand in front of them and share my journey and, and tell them and, and really encourage them to, if that's who God has made them to be, to embrace it and to truly um, lean into that and allow him to use them as fully as, as they can. So. So, uh, so that's a great example of a story from, or yeah, it's just a great story from overseas, but like we've talked about, we do a lot of things here. Uh, and it was a year and a half ago that we were working with a small group here in Colorado Springs. And one of our good friends actually said, Hey, I want to actually go through this with you. And cause I've heard what you've done. I don't really fully understand it. Uh, but I want to, I think it could be helpful for me because I've I just feel like I'm stuck. And that's actually one of like the most common comments that we get from a lot of people is I just feel stuck. And I'm not sure where to go from here. Mm. So we're like, yeah, sure. Come along, you know, love to have you. And, and, uh, so she's married two young kids, um, really great personality, very quiet and subdued in a lot of ways, which we, we had figured is just who she naturally is. Um, and as we start to talk with her, uh, she just talks about a lot of really unfortunate uh, encounters that she had with her mom and just constantly having her mom tell her that you're too much. 
you're too much. You've got to settle down. And even having some things spoken over her of, well, you're just, of you're trying to steal your dad from me because she was her dad's, she was a, she was a daddy's girl, you know, and her mom was very, felt threatened by that. And so she had assumed this personality of, or this attitude, this message of I'm too much. And so she just started subduing herself. And as she's telling this story, like she's becoming more animated and really kind of bubbling up her entire physical countenance was changing. So when it came to the the moment of reframing, which is, okay, let's, seeing, let's go back into your story. Where's Jesus at that point? Which is really important and powerful of recognizing, okay, if Jesus is omnipresent, if God's omnipresent, which always present, then whether we're believers or not, Jesus is with us. So what is he trying to do? What is he trying to say that's consistent with scripture and his character? I think this is one thing that people are really, really struggle with is Jesus and his humanity. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we see in scripture that he wept, that he was angry, that he was happy, he celebrated, like he, he displayed the full spectrum of human emotion and connection, which is really powerful and what people need a lot. So just going, okay, so what do you think in these moments where your mom's just coming against you and, and saying this sort of stuff, if you're too much, what does Jesus say? She goes, and, you know, pray on it, please, you know, and kind of figure that out. And she didn't really need any time to do that. She's like, oh, well, he's there. And he's saying that you're enough, just how I've made you. And then when we go into, when we went into Myers-Briggs, which looks at, you know, how you get energy and how that kind of comes out, introverted people, are ones who are generally more reserved and quiet and get energized by being alone. And she's like, no, that's not me. I love being around people. I have to be around people. That's just what I love to do. But she hadn't been living in that. Mm. She had always just assumed that she was too much and it naturally withdrew herself from people because she was afraid that they were going to say the same thing. Mm. But then going, oh no, like God made me to be around people. And going through Enneagram, she's a a four, which is the creative person. And she always knew that she was creative, but that was another thing that she had experienced in her story was her mom was just like, no, you need to put away your arts and crafts and you need to do your math. You need to do your sciences. Mm -hmm. And so she had kind of subdued this artistic part of who God made her to be. And then she was like, oh, wait, like, no, I don't have to do that anymore. I can Mm -hmm. fully be this person that I was made to be and that I love to be. And I don't have to do it without any of these hangups anymore, which is just so cool. And then seeing, going through her strengths and seeing that she has this, the strength of command with, you know, so just having that big presence. And by that point, we're just kind of like, yeah, we can see that in you. <laughs> Cause she was like owning the room in just about every session that we were having, we were meeting weekly with the same group of people. And it's like, yeah, we, we can see that you have got a commanding presence and that is just natural within you. So it's just really cool to, Hmm. we, we move into more of a backseat position Mm -hmm. as we go further along with people. Um, at first there's more of us talking and presenting things, but the further we go along, good coaching is you just sit back and ask questions and let them answer and And it's so great because we get to talk less and less and they get to talk more and more as they're making discoveries. So always super fun. Yeah. And what a powerful impact that has on someone's life. Uh, Like you kept using the word subdue, the freedom that can come from that to really live into who they're created and what they're, they're made to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what that is, what kind of gift that is to all of the people in their life, you know, Mm -hmm. as they really live into those places. That's good. Hey, uh, so you used a word a minute ago, uh, stuck. 
that you talk with a lot of people who say, I just feel stuck. What have you seen are the reasons why people get stuck mm-hmm. as far as not being able to really live up to the, the potential or the, the kind of the, what God had in store for them? I think that, you know, people, they, they have a sense that there is more about them mm-hmm. and that there's more, like there's more to who they are and there's more to what um, they could be doing. And, and, and it's not so much like in a, in a shame way that we've seen, but just the sense that they've plateaued as far as understanding who they are and what is possible, like what, what they're capable of, I think is probably the, the best way to describe that. And so they're, they're searching of, okay, well, how can I break past this barrier? And being able to come alongside people and help them sort of look inward really is a powerful way to be able to break beyond that point of what is holding you back. Mm-hmm. Cause usually the thing that's holding us back the most is ourselves. It's not external factors. It's not the boss, the job that you work, you know, 40 hours a week. Um, it, it's might not, you know, it's probably not your parents or your kids or whatever, but what barriers do you have going on with inside yourself that you've either placed on yourself or that are just natural areas stuck back in your story that you got to, you have to go back, address and, and have Jesus heal to be able to move beyond Mm -hmm. and having just, there's just something about self-discovery for spiritual formation and growth that is huge in being able to break beyond those plateaus and that sense of feeling stuck. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause I mean, going back to Jesus is like, is the best thing that we can do to move beyond being stuck. Um, You know what? I think for a lot of people, when they think about a missionary, what they're thinking of in their head is someone who goes and shares their faith and brings people to a saving relationship with Jesus. Uh, but what some of what you're describing seems to be a lot more of a holistic kind of look at the whole person. I mean, tell me how you think of that. When you think of yourself as a missionary sent into the world, what is it that you are sent in the world to do? Hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's a great question. Truly, when it comes down to it, I believe that we are just sent to further the kingdom of God. And for each person, their calling looks different. Like I said, when I was young, I felt a calling to missions and, and at the time believed that that needed to look like me traveling somewhere and, and doing just what you described, sharing the gospel and leading others to Christ. And that petrified me because that is not who I am. I do not like to be that person who is the first person to share the gospel with somebody. So, um, but as I've, as I've lived, I've realized for me, it is doing what I can to help others realize how they can further the kingdom. Um, and I know for me, it took, it took a little while when we stepped into ministry and missions full time. Um, we had, and a one and a half year old and a newborn and, um, God made it very clear, Hey, it's, it's time to transition into, um, into full-time life works into, into doing this full-time. And, um, I love life works. I think at the time I expected to be able to travel more with Nate and do more of the trainings and do more of, of the events around the world. And I remember thinking when we were starting to make that transition, um, okay, God, how's this going to look? We have two little kids. Like, obviously 
we aren't going to both be traveling. And, and I went through a period of kind of grieving the fact that I wasn't going to be able to um, be as hands-on with the ministry as I wanted to be probably for a few years, but I'll never forget when the, the director of the, the parent organization we're with um, looked at me at a Christmas party that year and said, Hey, we know that your mission field is your home right now. And that's where we expect you to be. And that's where we want you to be. And when it's your turn to be at the office more or traveling more, like we will support you in that. But we know that those little hearts at home are where you need to be. And at first I kind of bristled against that. Cause I was like, no, I want to, you know, I want to do this thing full, full bore, but realizing over that next year as we were, you know, support raising and everything like, no, these, this is where I'm supposed to be for now. Um, and, and last year I got to, I did get to travel internationally and, um, be part of a training and it was amazing. Um, my heart was back here <laughs> almost that entire time. And, and I understood a little bit more what Nate goes through when he travels. And it really helped me um, realize how difficult it is for him to be gone because I'm on the other side just wishing he were back home <laughs> most nights when there's a hard night with putting the kids to bed or, or we get sick or what have you. And so um, it definitely has not looked like what I expected it to look like um, when we stepped into ministry full time. But it has been an amazing journey, and I look forward to seeing where God takes us as we as we live this out and as as we go through life with LifeWorks at the helm and and getting to um, yeah just partner with others across the street and around the world. I'm really I'm really happy that you went the direction you just did with your conversation. I, I was imagining while you were speaking that there is a mom somewhere listening to this podcast. Maybe the kids are sleeping or or she's feeding them or whatever's happening. And, um, I know that for my wife, it's always been very passionate for her to, for us to consider what it, what it looks like for someone to be at home. And so mm -hmm. to the extent that whenever she's talking with some woman she just met, she never asks them, um, Oh, do you work anywhere? Mm -hmm. She'll say, do you work outside the home? Mm -hmm. uh, because she wants to acknowledge that of, of course, them being at home has value and worth and is work. Mm -hmm. And it's not like they have to leave the home to do that. And so in the same way with what you just said, I love that, that concept that um, it's where you are. And so if you are a, a mom at home right now, maybe, or maybe you're a stay at home dad and you've got mm -hmm. two kids and you feel like, um, gosh, I never get to go out. I never get to even go out to, to do this. Or I would love to go be part of this. When can I be doing something great mm -hmm. for God? It's just that realization that they have been sent here for a season mm -hmm. and they can really step into that. Right. And so that kind of leads me to a, a fill in the blank question I wanted to throw out at you guys. <laughs> fill in the blank. Living sent is less about where you go and more about who you're with. Hmm. I would say who you go with. Yeah. Yeah. Or who you're with. I agree. I like that. Well, hey, um, we're out of time for today, and uh, I appreciate so much you guys being gracious to show up and, and talk with us. Um, I know that people probably want to follow up with some things that you said, and, and if someone out there is thinking, gosh, I'd like to find out more, I'd like to talk more with Nate and Katie Beth, how would they find you? How would they get a hold of you? Well, there's a, there's a couple different ways. Um, people want just more general information about LifeWorks and 
maybe a little bit more of what the nuts and bolts of it looks like, uh, you can always visit our website, uh, which is, it's an unconventional spelling, uh, LifeWorks, but uh, L-I-F-E-W-O-R-K-X.com. Uh, yes, the X. My, it, 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 you look at it, it seems a little campy, but there's a reason for it, and that's because the X in math represents the unknown, and there's something unknown about everybody. Mm -hmm. um, it's the God factor um, and what's hidden inside us that we're trying to uncover. So we're very intentional about that, even though you look at it and go, wow, is it like the early 2000s? Um, <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I've known about LifeWorks for, I don't know how, a decade or so, and yeah. I just learned that just yeah. now as you spoke. I was like, oh, that, that <laughs> makes, makes more sense, sense right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, you can, you can visit us there. Um, we actually, I like doing what Bob Goff does, uh, the author and awesome uh, speaker, um, you can call us so, mm -hmm. uh, or, or shoot a text. Um, my cell number is 719-661-4817. Um, I prefer as close of communication contact as possible. That's just how I'm wired. I won't give out my wife's phone number uh, if she doesn't want no, to. No, that's so. fine. My number is 719-238-9851. So reach yeah. out to us. So, yeah. Well, hey, Nate and Katie Beth, thank you for taking time to just join us and to share a little bit more about your story. We just appreciated the time together today. Thanks for having yeah, us. Thanks. This was awesome. And as always, we appreciate you joining us for a conversation around the table. And it's our hope that this will spark some more conversations around the tables of your life. Mm -hmm. Until next time, thank you for being with us. And you're welcome to the table. Yay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.